Everybody's very much percolating on the ghost. Percolating, percolating, on the ghost. All right, everyone. Welcome back to Petty Crimes, the only true crime comedy podcast that exclusively investigates ghostly, paranormal, spooky. Today, Petty Criminals, we are joined by two very special guests. If you two wouldn't mind introducing yourselves and uh, telling us a little about the show that you do, the podcast that you do. Sure. Girls, one ghost. Yeah. I'm Sabrina. I'm Corinne. Why do you look so like scared, Corinne? <laughs> I don't I don't know. Cause I thought I was gonna forget my name for a second. I was really like I was replaying it. I don't normally say my name. I know, you're right. Do I say it again? I usually do <laughs> the Corinne. intros. Yeah. She yeah, she introduces me. I'm Corinne. Uh we are the hosts of Two Girls One Ghost. It's a paranormal comedy podcast where we discuss the paranormal a few times a week. Every week we research episodes haunted places and we also read listener accounts and we both grew up in extremely haunted homes and we have a lot of our own experience and i think the biggest disclaimer we should say about our podcast is it is the most haunted podcast in america possibly mm. the world um wow self self-proclaimed but also all of our listeners a lot of our listeners will have encounters while listening to our podcast. And so we like to say our podcast ghost is haunting them. Uh, it's an evidence-based claim. Yes. Wow. Yes. Not all of you get a lot of claims. No, we don't have a single evidence-based claim. <laughs> <laughs> not a lot of the, or not all of the hauntings are good, I will say. So listen at your own risk, but also okay. come listen. Oh. So your listeners submit their hauntings for you two to kind of like dive into. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. That that's one of our one of our episode format. Okay. Yeah. And we do get a lot of EVPs in the backgrounds of our episodes, despite our attempt at finding microphones that eliminate background noise. So, <laughs> yeah, we're we're haunted. Yeah. And an EVP, it is an. Uh, I would an, love to hear what you think EVP stands for. Everybody's very much percolating on the ghosts. <laughs> Everybody is very much percolating. Percolating on the what? <laughs> what? What's EVP? It's electronic voice phenomenon. Oh. So basically, it's it's saying like when you're recording something using technology, there is another strange noise or voice that's recorded on that device that there's no reason that 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 sound or voice could be on the recording other than some sort of paranormal anomaly happening. So like if we were talking right now and then in the post-production, you hear someone be like, I want cookies in the background. (laughs) None of us put that now. So yeah, (laughs) except for Kira's stomach. Except for Corinne, you did once say that on a podcast or similar to that and people thought it wasn't EVP, but it was you. Yeah, yeah. We admitted recently that one of the suspected EVPs was me, but that's the only one that was an accident. The rest are authentic. Yeah. Wow. Well, we appreciate you being truthful while in the petty crimes court. Mm-hmm. Is, yeah. Yeah. Well, important. I don't want you guys to find me guilty here. Yeah. It's okay. I already committed a crime, so I, I would, I would yeah, appreciate please. you committing a crime too, so that I'm not alone here. Oh, trust, trust. We have. We just have to <laughs> listen to a few episodes in our history. Perfect. Well, you two have prepared a small spooky petty crime to share with us yeah and then um we asked our listeners to submit their own because they they didn't know what was happening but they knew that we were doing something spooky with two 
um, two great people and we've selected one that is a really good story. So would you two maybe want to like tell that to Kira and me and sure and we can can, uh, deliberate. Yeah. It's like a little campfire. We love a campfire over here. Okay. I have one from our listener, Jennifer, and I won't read the subject line. Okay. 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 Hey, ladies. Gives it away. My name is Jen, and I've been listening since 2020. Let's get straight into it. So a few years back, my husband and I were living in an apartment that we think was haunted. We lived there for about two and a half years, and as soon as we moved in, we would see lots of shadows and lights, and they would flicker. For the most part, we ignored it. But one morning, about a year in, my husband said to me, hey, were you tickling my feet in the middle of the night? No. (laughs) Me, confused as fuck, said, yeah, babe, I was tickling your toes in the middle of the night. (laughs) Sarcasm here. Apparently, he had woken up in the middle of the night because he felt someone tickling his feet. About a week later, we're sleeping, and I wake up in the middle of the night to someone tickling my feet. No. Oh, no. Thinking he was playing a joke, I kicked my feet back and yelled at him to stop fucking touching me. I turned over and I realized he was on the complete opposite side of the bed facing the opposite way. I turned over, threw the covers over my head, and pretended it was all a bad dream. After that, we called the ghost our little ghost kid because we thought he was a kid who wanted to play. When we finally decided to move, a lot of activity started up. We thought our ghost kid was sad that we were leaving in the last week of being there, almost everything packed up, a random spoon appeared in the middle of our counter. This spoon did not match our set at all and had weird markings on the handle. I had never seen this spoon in my life. I left it on the counter and asked my husband if he knew where it came from, and he said he had thought I put it there. Well, we decided to leave it there. We packed up the rest of our stuff, and the next day, the spoon was completely gone. Neither of us have moved it. We did not have anyone else walking through our place. So maybe the ghost kid wanted to play one last trick on us before he left. I love you both. Thanks for reading, Jennifer. Wow. The tickling is like giving me goosebumps. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, first question, Sabrina. Do you know what city Jennifer is from? No. No, but I could search the full name and do a little uh, investigating. <laughs> no, no, no. We, no need. we don't do that in Bedecraft. No, 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 no. no need. Okay, okay. Um, no, no more if, evidence. <laughs> if anything, we actually do the opposite. <laughs> um, I was just curious because Griff and I at college, Boston, Boston College, college. W- um, during my time living off campus, and Griff was frequently at my off-campus house, just sort of like in the kitchen, eating my food and drinking my alcohol. Um, there, right around the corner on a street called Kirkwood Street. Oh, my God. There was an incident called the Kirkwood Tickler. And the Kirkwood Tickler, what? yes, the Kirkwood Tickler would let himself in to students' off-campus houses and tickle feet in the dead of night. Only men's feet, young men's feet. And sometimes he stole headphones, but th- those are the two <laughs> things he did. And it was a real person. Have you guys seen the documentary Tickled? <laughs> no, ha- I haven't. Haven't. It is the strangest true story documentary I have ever seen. It is so, I highly recommend it. It is the strangest thing, but it is so 
fascinating. There's like a tickle ring that existed and people were getting paid to be tickled. Like it's almost pornographic, but then they were getting blackmailed. And then there was this guy who's like behind it all. And he, it was, I, I don't want to say anything else, but anyway, watch it. All right. Well, best believe we'll, we'll be watching that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So now that I live in Boston, not that, I mean, I am probably not his prime suspect or, or uh, not suspect victim target. his target victim yeah it, am i become, making myself a suspect here by using the wrong terminology i don't know Freudian <laughs> am i am i at risk of encountering this person or were they captured and put away for their crime of tickling feet you're you're not at risk because of where you live <laughs> but i think the tickler is still at large right yeah we'll have to like we should when I'm back in Boston, maybe I'll go through the streets of right? <laughs> like call his name three times in a mirror. Yeah, it was yeah. it was unlocked doors of houses. Yeah, I forgot all about wow. that story. Now we we just we just guessed it on your podcast. Yeah. I think that episode's coming out the same day this one is, so everyone should go listen to that. And we had talked about, and maybe you can speak a little more to this, how because they were moving from their place, they were gearing up to move. And we talked a little about like when energy changes in a space, how maybe the spirits that may have been yeah. dormant kind of come come alive. Do you all agree with that? Definitely. I mean, the tickling seems like it happened like when they moved in and throughout, mm -hmm. and then the spoon was more at the oh, end right. and activity picked up. But I also think acknowledging and saying hi to the spirit and like the way that they were like calling it their ghost kid. Mm -hmm. did give it permission almost to stay and interact mm. with them. Yeah. And also to to be on the ghost side <laughs> here, perhaps it wanted to... Are you representing the ghost in this like, <laughs> I'm I am the ghost lawyer. Okay. And in this trial, I, my, they're innocent because there was no nefarious intent in their tickling. There was no fetish behind well, it. Well, that we know of. <laughs> well, I'm representing my okay. client. They said, "Thank you." They, <laughs> they said, and they told me I'm channeling them right now. I hear <laughs> them. I feel them. They said that they just wanted to find a way to make their presence known in a not so scary way, mm -hmm. and they thought that a small, light tickle might be a gentle way of showing them that they're present. They did not expect a fear-based response, and so that is, it's their fault for being scared. <laughs> she giggled at the end. Of oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, okay, well, a little bit of victim blaming. Yeah. 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 The passionate. But uh, not great at law, but perhaps perhaps great at manipulation. That's what I'm trying to do. Okay. So I, I've always wanna... said Corinne would be a great cult leader. So watch. <laughs> we're we're, we're no getting idea. sucked into her. In the case of the ghost tickler, would you like to walk us through what verdict? I think there's just a verdict, right? The phantom tickler. Yeah. I, okay. So uh, the couple that lived in this apartment, are they guilty for, in Sabrina and Crane, your professional opinion, are they guilty yes. of a petty crime for giving the ghost a nickname and s implying that it's a kid when they really don't know that it is a kid? So are you saying it could be a demon? <laughs> I w I wouldn't I I'm uh, I'm wondering if you would say it's a demon. Corinne would. Corinne would say <laughs> it's. I feel like most ghost children are demons in disguise. Ooh. They're trying to gain your trust or <gasps> feel your energy and suck it from you until it's too late. Oh my god! 
someone else. But the ghost kid, though, I guess I say guilty. The ghost (laughs) kid did did give a spoon. Like there was a gift, a parting gift that was given, but not accepted by this couple. So I would say they're guilty of not actually receiving the ghost in the proper way. No. Maybe this was the ghost of a crow leaving shiny objects and the feathers just brushing up against the feet while it's walking along the bed. We talked a lot about crows on your episode. They did. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And then I guess the final verdict question, which is the actual act of tickling, is this ghost boy? Is this demon? Whoever it may be, is the spirit guilty for tickling the toes of our protagonists? No. I would say no, because I am actually going to steal this method of haunting when I am deceased, and I will tickle people's feet. Perfect. Corinne, what say you? There's no crime. Yep. I want to say guilty because the act was done, but I feel like the intention behind it makes me lean more mm-hmm. to innocent. But... I'm going to say guilty. What are your verdicts, Kira and Griff? Speaking of fear-based response, (laughs) I am going to say that the ghost is not guilty of anything and is awesome. And I love, I love him and I I love him and I want him to leave me alone. (laughs) I respect you so much. (laughs) I will, I'll also rule non-guilty because, you know, when we were on your episode, we talked about and I think, Sabrina, you, you had mentioned this, like, how you treat the energy of whatever it is. Obviously, like, let's hope it's not a malicious, like, insidious demon. But it just seemed like it was approaching them with a little tickle, which is pretty low stakes. And yeah, I'd even say their response is like crazy. They didn't, like, sage the place or, like, you know, they gave it a little name. So I, I think on both ends, right. it's pretty amicable. There was an awareness. Yeah, I think it was met with the correct energy from both, both sides. sides. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Okay. All right. So a not guilty verdict stamped right on the phantom tickler. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Oh, they're released. <laughs> Free to tickle again. Oh, <laughs> damn. Next I case. Next case. All right. This was submitted by one of our fans. Be sure to thank your listener for submitting that because yeah. we appreciated it. Yeah. That was a little good story. This was submitted by a listener who will be known as Johnny. Okay. It occurred... It occurred over... There's Johnny. Yeah, you picked up on what he wrote. This, <laughs> oh. we usually, you know, brief the, the listeners on the time period. This apparently has occurred for many years, so it's a medium-term haunting crime. And those involved will get into it. So are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. Yes. Perfect. He begins. Hi, Kira, Griff, Corinne, and Sabrina. Call me Johnny as an homage to The Shining, since y'all are getting spooky. I saw your request for a combo spooky slash petty crime a few days ago, and I think that I might have one that will satisfy you too. Or maybe it'll just satisfy Kira, since Grip seems a little hard to please. (laughs) (laughs) I considered removing that line. Is it true? Are you hard to please? Is that true? Yeah. 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 That's okay. Yeah. You know, but I know what you like. Someone who's self-aware. Yeah. This story's not about me. But I'm I'm probably a little too easy to please. <laughs> <laughs> you guys work well together. Just yeah. give her some cheese. Yeah. She'll be fine. Yeah. You can think this. Here goes. Or should I say, here are ghosts. 
Uh, you shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> Love a pun? I'm writing to you from a medium-sized town in Wisconsin. I grew up in this town, and if you had asked me when I was a teenager if I'd ever come back to live here, I would have laughed in your face, cackled even, because that 100%, without even a cute little doubt, wasn't an option. Until it was. I did the whole college out-of-state thing that turns into the big city hustle, and I genuinely enjoyed it. But I was also starting to realize that I had been running on high for as long as I could remember, and that I was sprinting towards a burnout. Thankfully, in the last mile before that, COVID and quarantine happened. And suddenly, heading back to my hometown seemed like an optimal option. Plus, I'd been dating a guy, in parentheses he writes, cheers, queers, <laughs> for a few years at that point, And the idea of settling down became more of a reality for both of us. Hmm. So we bought a house just outside of my hometown. He bent the knee and we got married. This is like the beginning of a Hallmark movie. Oh, yeah. Hallmark movie 24. And we move back to the hometown on 24. Sabrina and Corinne, where are you two originally from? And Corinne, I think you had mentioned that you're married. Yeah. So I, I grew up in Vermont. Oh, cool. And my husband's from New Jersey, but we live in Boston now. Oh, cool. And then I am also from New Jersey. Cool. So both loves of my life are from New Jersey, <laughs> but one lives in LA. I'm trying to make her move over here. Wow, we you know that we're both we're bicoastal podcasters as well. We we are we're on the same plane here. Good job finding treasure among the trash, Corinne. Say <laughs> <laughs> I'm two for two. Yeah, if anyone's looking for a Jersey girl or a boy, I know how to find it. Hey, my fiance is from New Jersey too. I get it. There we go. <laughs> And I am not picky. <laughs> All right. Um, Johnny continues. Obviously, giving up our life in the city came with certain benefits and certain costs. And trust me when I say it took a bit of convincing to get my husband, we'll call him Marcus, to agree on settling down in the area that I grew up in. But one of the benefits that really helped sway him comes in the form of our family's lake house, which is the scene of this crime. In fact, it's been the scene of this crime for a few generations. Oh. My grandma on my mom's side also grew up in the town that I'm from, and she fell in love with my grandpa when he moved to town in search of mining work. Needless to say, our roots run deep here, and there's a lot of history in this area that my family very much values staying in touch with. My grandparents, after retiring, decided to buy a small lake house an hour north. They figured it would be nice to have some waterfront property to pass down through their family's generations. And they eventually found Love that. Yeah, exactly. And they eventually found a cheap as dirt fixer upper in quotes that they put a lot of sweat into. It's can, humble, but it's perfect. Can I ask a quick question? Yes. Assuming that this is going to go in a spooky direction, <laughs> since that's yeah. the theme of today, lake houses, waterfront property. Is there a correlation between the great, the great beyond and water? Oh, yes, there is actually. Water is a What's the word? Conductor, Liquid. right? Con no. Conduit, a conduit, ah. and so energy flows through it, and that's why a lot of hauntings and stuff happen in bathrooms, or have been said to happen in bathrooms. Oh wow! <gasps> also, if you believe in like La Llorona and water spirits, <laughs> like there are some dark things that can come out of the water. Yeah, but on the flip side, there's also some good with water too so similar to on when you guys were on our episode and we were talking about tree hugging and kind of whispering through secrets to plants yeah we talked about a lot <laughs> the same can be <laughs> the same can be said for water so 
there's something so cleansing and cleansing about taking a shower or putting your feet in the ocean and so yeah there it's water is very spiritual and so it would not surprise me at all if this body of water triggered whatever is about to happen for also there there's like lake lanier lake lanier is that how you say it lake linear linear like there are some lakes that one is linear i you can say it corinne this lake lake linear thank you i feel like i'm saying it the same way uh <laughs> i will say there is a subtle difference lake linear <laughs> it's my okay i'm not gonna try again it's my new jersey accent <laughs> <laughs> but there that one was it's like a man-made lake built on top of a town so it's super haunted there's a lot of history yeah. with it but i feel like lakes do really black community who was pushed out and their whole town turned into a pond Whoa. Oh, a pond. Lake. A lake yeah and now people lose their lives they're very cursed and freak accidents but also a lot of people report feeling like they're being pulled underground by like a hand wow. or under the water so a lot of energy. Curious what Johnny's going to expect. Yeah, right. Let's, uh, let's find out. Really helpful question, though, because it kind of gives me a little bit of a shiver. Um, Johnny continues. <laughs> Perfectly. Apparently, this cabin came at a cheapest dirt price for a good reason. The previous owners, the owners before my grandparents, were an elderly couple known as Mr. Wyatt and Miss Betty, who had built and lived in this cabin for many years. In May of 1923, Miss Betty died inside of the cabin. She was murdered by the local paper boy. <gasps> Just kidding, LOL. Oh my God. <laughs> God, this is how I used to write in my diaries too. I'd reread them. I'd be like, why do I remember that happening? And at the very end of the entry, just kidding. Yeah, our, our petty criminals are, uh, they're funny. They're very <laughs> Just kidding, LOL. He continues. Miss Betty just peacefully slipped away one day while taking a nap in the family room. Obviously, Mr. Wyatt was very distraught over this, but he lived peacefully alone up there for the next five years. On a summer day in 1928, two years before my grandparents purchased it, Mr. Wyatt was found face down in the water next to the dock, where the rocks meet the water. Coroners and police determined that Mr. Wyatt, in his old age, had slipped down and cracked his head open while walking down the stairs to the dock a few nights before passed out and landing face down in the water, he drowned. Wyatt was eventually found by one of his fishing buddies, but he had been floating there for around four days. I'm waiting for it's the just not... kidding. No. Yes, no. Exactly not. <laughs> it spawned major local gossip back Aww. home, and because of the tragic story, the house sat on the market for a few years until my grandparents found it. Hmm. Can I give an opinion here? Sure. This is a gossipy pod. Sometimes things don't need to be gossiped about. <laughs> yeah. Right? Am I crazy for am I crazy for that? Like I'm in this instance I'm like something tragic happened. We don't need to um what's the word? Like uh um, more life into this awful energy. Per, per, or, um yeah. everyone very much narrative. everyone very much like, percolating about it. Yeah. We don't need to EVP. Everybody just need to very much percolate on what might have happened. <laughs> yeah, let, like you know what I mean. Like maybe just you kind of let sitting dogs lie. Am I? I don't know. Yeah, it makes me think lie. that this is a really small town and yeah. uh-huh. happened. Exactly. And so, like, did you hear? Mm-hmm. Old man Wyatt, you know, 
Right. Not much else, yeah. not much else to talk okay. about. Yeah. Right. Especially back in the, what was this? Especially 19... if this place. 1928. So, right. They don't have Netflix to like not distract them. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, and if this place sat vacant for a while too, it only perpetuates mm. the gossip, right? Yeah. People are starting to wonder what happened or what's going to happen to this place mm -hmm. where there was this awful death. And now two people died there. Yeah. Yeah. One peacefully, one very much not so, but still two deaths. But exactly. also, this business of like somebody died in the house, people got to die somewhere. Yeah. You know, that's like true. we kind of, <laughs> like nobody, nobody buy this house, somebody died in it. Like, well, yeah, because we live and we die. And, oh. and like people got to buy houses that people died in because people be dying in houses. I don't know. You know well, I was going to ask here, would you buy a house that you knew someone had passed away? Like, say, Miss Betty, like she just passed away in her sleep. Would you buy that house? I would. And Sabrina and Corinne, as experts, would you buy a house that somebody yeah. passed in? Here's the thing. How, we live on stolen land. We live on <laughs> land that has been in existence for far beyond our knowledge. It is very possible before this home was built, someone died here on this very, mm. like where I'm sitting. We don't know. Like yeah. it's not necessarily the home. And also we learned recently that back in the day, a good death, so-called good death, meant dying in your home. Oh. Huh. Surrounded mean, by no your loved ones. A good, it's a really right. nice way to look at a it. A good rule of thumb, I think, is if you're moving into a house, whether you know it to be haunted or not, is perhaps to just announce or speak out loud like you're talking to yourself what you're doing. You're the new resident. You're going to be decorating. Your family is going to be living here. Mm. And just announce it so that people... Like this woman who passed peacefully in her home, if she's still sticking around, she understands that you guys are going to now be roommates and she's not triggered yeah. to create a scary haunting. She's aware. Okay. Well, tell me this. She's aware. I mean, is she stupid? Because, like, use your context clues, sweetie. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you, you must have so understanding before to just, like, it's your fault, Jenny. <laughs> Welcome to Petty Crime. <laughs> she can't just speak to the guy. She, like, okay, we have moving boxes. We're doing wallpaper. Figure it out. Call the moving truck, dumbass. <laughs> okay. All right. Kira will be possessed. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That was a joke. I agree. <laughs> I speak, speak a lot to the ghost and, and give them gifts. Okay. <laughs> All right, Johnny. Johnny, continue this. He confounds. This cabin, this cabin has always been a uh, staple place for everyone in our family. For generations, it served as a spot for reunions, weddings, wakes, and more. To us, it's sacred, and the story of how it came to us has always been taught to us, dot, 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 for good reason. Many individuals in our family have seen Mr. Wyatt's ghost over the years. And there are two stories in particular that always get told. I'll tell them quickly. My mother, for instance, told us about a sighting she once had as a teenager. One particularly hot night, she decided to go for a night swim to help cool down before she went to bed. She walked down to the dock, and he says in parentheses, which is always a bit of a creepy walk given its history, stripped down to her underwear and dove into the lake. If you're a strong swimmer, a few strokes can basically take you to the center of the lake, and she found herself at that point in her swim. She surfaced, treaded water for a minute, gazing to the other side of the lake. She turned around to make her way back, and right before she dove back under, her eyes caught sight of something. The faint and fairly blurry outline of a man who was standing on the dock facing her. Charlie, is that you? 
she called, assuming it was my uncle, but fully realizing that it looked nothing like him. No response. She stayed treading. Hello? She called again. Who is that? No response. She went to call out again, but right before she let out another sound, the figure slowly turned and began to ascend the stairs, eventually fading into the tree line. My mom eventually got back to the dock and, very nervously, got dressed and rushed back up to the house. My grandma was in the kitchen making a cup of tea and noticed how upset she looked. Did you see something? She asked. My mom nodded. My grandma looked at her for a second and finally let out a sigh. He's harmless, so don't be scared, she said. She sat with my mom for a bit and told her the story of Miss Betty and Mr. Wyatt. When my mom's fear had evolved into curiosity, she finally sent my mom to bed with some tea. The next morning, my grandpa's wind chime that hung out on the porch was found on the ground, hook bent and chimes scratched. My grandma demanded that it not be rehung, saying, clearly Mr. Wyatt doesn't like it. I've never caught a glimpse of Mr. Wyatt, but I remember when my sister did. I was 13 and she was 7. Is it common for kids to see ghosts, by the way? Yeah. Yes. Very common. Is it because like they're... Usually they grow out of it, so to speak, which typically happens when they go to school and when people start making fun of them and then they they start to block themselves off. Yeah. But people who are very in tune and very open usually continue with the ability and the gift. And those are usually who become psychic than medium. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, work. And he just quickly tells a story about his sister. When we were younger, my sister burst into my room late at night one night in a quiet panic. Johnny, wake up, she loudly whispered while shaking me. Ah, go away, Vicky, I said, my eyes still closed. Johnny, there's a man standing on the porch, she whispered. Still groggy and fully knowing how much my sister and I enjoyed pranking each other, I say, that's not fucking funny, just let me go back to sleep. Johnny, I'm not joking this time. There's someone there. I rolled over to look at her and I immediately saw the look that I'd never seen on my sister's face before. Now a bit concerned, I sat up. Rubbing my eyes, I said, well, who is it? I don't know, she whispers. I was getting water and someone was standing at the sliding door looking inside. His face was blurry. Now a bit more freaked out, I say, okay, let's go have a look. Kira, would you go have a look? No. There. Would you too? Yes. Yeah. But I'd grab a weapon of some sort. Just, yeah, way. just because, like, for safety. It's not going to do shit against a spirit, but just no. safety, right? Yeah. Right. And at this point, we don't know that it's a spirit, right? There's just, like, a Exact. Okay, you're right on track. But wait, quick question. Okay. A blurry face. Is that a waterlogged face from being face down in the water yeah. for four Oh, days? that's so sad. Well, we've also heard that when spirits experience something traumatic in their life or in their death, Oftentimes their features aren't very visible. They are blurry. Sometimes they're wholly blacked out, like they're like a gray or black figure. So we usually call them like shadow people that look like a shadow. And our belief originally going into looking into shadow people were that they were these demonic entities, basically like a, a lighter version of a demon. But we've learned that certain deaths and tragedies they they do something to people in the spirit world where they're not able to fully present themselves mm. the way that they looked in life. Mm. There's something blocking them from projecting yeah. their appearance. Also, though, like, okay, I'll just put this in human terms. So this is how I relate to it is some days you don't want to get dressed and change out of your pajamas or your sweatpants because it's a lot of effort. 
I think similarly for ghosts, it takes a lot of energy and effort to like fully appear. Mm. So perhaps they can't always. They stay in their their ghostly pajamas. Wyatt is tired. <laughs> yeah. If it's Wyatt, and you did bring that up, Corinne, and Johnny continues. She's gripping my hand, and by the way, we're not really wants to hold hands, and she makes me walk ahead of her as we head to the family room. Room. I'll admit it, and it's what I remember most about the story. Her hand was really shaking, and it made me really nervous. I've never been a real big believer in the supernatural, so my mind at the time wasn't thinking ghosts. It was thinking that there was a stranger at our door, and in parentheses, he writes, and honestly, which would you rather it be? Ghost. ghost. <laughs> <laughs> Easy. Yeah. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. Humans are the scariest things to walk this earth. Oh, yeah. Profound, Corinne. <laughs> I do love that though. Oh, what about mosquitoes? <laughs> yeah. True. Especially at a lake house, they can be motherfuckers. And I oh, just feel yeah. like somewhere in the world there are big ones. Like there's yeah. you know, anyway. Yeah, like cats yeah. like mosquitoes. See? We turn the corner and I glance at the door. After a beat, I flip on the table lamp. I see your water glass spilled on the floor near the door, and through the window I see nothing. Vicky, I don't see anything, just your glass. She peers around me and she immediately starts crying. I promise I'm not lying, she says. I really did see someone, she sobs. What's going on, my mom says from the hallway, which we both jumped at. Vicky said she saw someone. I don't know, I'm going back to bed. And I leave Vicky with my mom and slump back to my bed. I wake up early in the morning for a swim and I notice that my dad's big deer hunting trophy has fallen off of the mantle onto the floor and has broken. Like any lazy teenager, I step around it and head for the dock. I come back to the cabin after my swim and my dad goes, did you knock my trophy over, Johnny? No, Dad, it was on the ground when I woke up. Well, thanks for picking it up, he retorts. <laughs> I huff and plop down at the table. My mom sets some pancakes down and says, I guess Mr. Wyatt didn't like it, and walks back to the kitchen. Okay, we're rounding home on this, he writes, which is, we say that a lot on the show. <laughs> a year or so ago, Marcus and I got married at the lake house. The ceremony and the reception were both humble and beautiful, just like the house. I needed a moment to myself that day, so I walked down to the dock for some peace. After a few minutes, I heard footsteps descending the stairs, and I turned around to see my mom, looking proud and happy. She came up behind me and wrapped me in a hug. What a beautiful day, Johnny, she said, and at a perfect place. I love it here, I told her as we both looked out into the lake. We all do, and pretty soon you'll be in charge of it. The maintenance, the sibling scheduling, how it looks. You'll be responsible. I know, Mom, happy to do it. And after a beat, she then says, you know, and if Marcus or your sister's husband or anyone else brings in a decoration that you and your sister just don't like, blame it on Mr. Wyatt. <laughs> no. no. I turn around to look at her and she's smirking. Wait, what do you mean? I said. <laughs> and then she proceeds to spill the petty fucking tea. Stop. And we're, we're almost at home with this one. <laughs> Apparently, since my grandparents bought this lake house, the women in my family have been secretly using Mr. Wyatt's appearances as an excuse to get rid of spousal decor that they don't see a fit for the house. She this reassured is amazing. Me, <laughs> she, I'm stealing this. She I'm reassured stealing. me that Mr. Wyatt's ghost does very much exist. She's seen him and she believed my sister when she claimed to have seen him as a kid. His haunting of this place is legitimate. But Mr. Wyatt, in quotes, not liking certain decorations was my grandma and then my mom's way of keeping their husband's decor additions out of their space. <laughs> my, gran <laughs> my grandma apparently hated the wind chimes, in quotes, 
he could just listen to the actual fucking wind, she told my mom after <laughs> confessing. And my mom hated my dad's hunting trophy. In quotes, we don't need to be reminded of the animals he's killed. Her mom passed the wow. secret down to her, and my mom apparently passed it down to my sister when she got married a few summers ago. Now it was my time to know the truth. I was shocked, yeah. but I also kind of blamed because as much as I love him, Marcus and I definitely have different aesthetics. So I offer the story, it's spooky pettiness, and these following verdicts up to the petty crimes court. Love your show. Keep up the great work. Forever petty, Johnny. This, this is brilliant. <laughs> yeah, what are your quick thoughts? This is a generational con. <laughs> <laughs> I... I almost, I love this so much because Mr. Wyatt clearly like still loves this lake house. He appears mm -hmm. and he's curious. He's cohabitating with these families. And I feel like he's probably in on it now. Like he knows his appearances mm -hmm. are opportunities to get rid of spe specific decor. I like though that we know that it's not him with the decor because I was a little bit confused because... The first time he appeared, and even the second time too, but really specifically the first time that we learned in this story that he presented himself when there was a nighttime swim, I was thinking of him as this concerned protector who was like, I want to make sure oh. no one falls victim to what I fell victim oh. to. And so he's wandering outside and along the lake and on the land and making sure that, uh, attempting to ensure that no one yeah. has this accident or just like goes into the lake in a dangerous time when you're like alone at night mm -hmm. and no one is probably going to find you for a long time, which sounds like that kind of happened to him. Yes, exactly. But then I, when I, he was destroying the wind chimes, I was like, what is this with him being an interior designer? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. So I like that they're separate because now I really do feel like he is this protector of the land. Mm -hmm. Work. And it just so happens that everyone gets to use his <laughs> yes. excuse for everything else. Which brings us to our verdict questions. Yeah. You want to walk us through those? Yeah. Okay. Sabrina, Corinne, Griff, even. <laughs> Is Mr. Wyatt guilty for haunting our lake house? And then he, he writes in parentheses, not me, like, move on already, Wyatt. Um, is Mr. <laughs> is Mr. Wyatt guilty for haunting the lake house? I say yes, he is guilty. But I feel like, again, it's because he he has a purpose and that purpose is safety. But OK, so wait, to clarify, Corinne, in in our petty crime speak, he's not guilty of a petty crime. Like Mr. Wyatt right. is not guilty for doing yeah. something wrong. I would say there's no Act crime. Haunting. No crime. There is no crime. There is okay, no okay. crime. He act, the the act of haunting happened. So yes, if we're saying that, then he's guilty. Right. Haunting, oh yes. But not with any nefarious intent or or crime to be had. Great. Yes. Confirmed. He is haunting. No. 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 Crime. It's no hard crime. for some spirits to move on, right? Like it's not exactly. Okay. Yeah. Totally. Like you really struggle with moving on. Yeah. Totally. I have nothing to move on from, but that, that's probably why I struggle. <laughs> <laughs> Verdict question number two. Are the adults in this story guilty of not telling their children about the deaths that occurred in and around this family home? That one I wrote in myself because I was like, I feel like if I was a kid, I see both sides of the argument. Like, yeah. I kind of would like to know, but I know as like a parent, I'm sure it's like, let's keep the kids calm. Mm. Yeah, I guess I would have more questions. Like, was it, did they not know until that moment that his sister had seen 
the spirit outside or like yeah i guess i i'm curious when the time of event yeah mm. also if it was that much of gossip like you could probably google the name of that or the address of that cabin and i'm sure that story would come up although so, i guess they were kids a little bit this was like when they were kids so mm. i don't know how old they are now but yeah you're right we could google today true it's a little different Ask G. I think guilty because, uh, yeah, we'll go back to, we'll use the Wayback Machine to see what Jeeves said 20 years ago about this. But I think guilty because having grown up in a haunted house where my dad, it took him like 15 years to admit that it was haunted. And my mom was always like, yes, it is haunted. I was still experiencing the paranormal, whether they were admitting it or not. Mm. I feel like not saying, yes, this place is haunted or giving any backstory or explanation might make it worse for the child who's experiencing it because that's very isolating, which can then attract negative spirits into the home. Mm-hmm. To argue- because Then you have an easy easy target. To argue o- yeah. the opposite. I think they did it correctly when they told them once they experienced a haunting. Because if you tell young kids, hey, people died here, there's a ghost here, I believe that would cause their imaginations to run wild quite a bit and cause nightmares. Whereas, like, maybe they would never have seen the ghost. Yeah, fair enough. Leading the witness. All right, the next two. What do you guys think? What is your... I would not tell my kids. Yeah. As a kid, I'd be like, fuck you, I wanted to know, I should know. But as a parent, I'd be like, no, like, I want you to... A, moving kids from one house to another is hard because they're leaving a familiar space and going into another one, let alone if they know it's haunted. Yeah. They will be right. Yeah. Unless they're Sabrina. People died here. Now off to your own separate room. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll go through these last two quickly because we want to do some criminal remuneration. Yes. Okay. Are my grandmother and mother guilty for using Mr. Wyatt as the cover-up for their decor destruction? No, they're brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Sabrina? I feel like... Yeah. And Crin, what were you about to say? I was going to say guilty, but I feel like I'll be a a, a copycat crime person. Mm-hmm. Criminal. Suspect. What is it? Criminal. Oh, my God. Jesus. I'm guilty of having crime a person. Person right now. That's for sure. <laughs> crime person. I'll be a crime person. <laughs> um, yeah. So, Again, yeah. brilliant. Definitely a repeatable crime. Something that maybe a lot of us will walk away from hearing this story and be like, I will implement that in an area of my life. It's incredible. We just need to go. Yeah. And finally, <laughs> would I be guilty for doing the same thing that my mother and grandmother did with anything that my husband Marcus brings into the house? Should I find it unfitting? I think I would have follow-up questions as to what the object is. There would have to be, like if it's something super sentimental, like a hunting trophy, like come on. That's fine, you know, but if it's something like really, really, I don't know, that could be very sentimental. My dad hunts, despite many of us not liking that. (laughs) And I tried to prank him by putting the like fake eyelashes on his deer heads in the basement last Christmas, and he did not find it funny at all. (laughs) My deer heads. So it could be sentimental, though many of us don't like that. Well, I... I guess I would say do it, but maybe like don't break it and put it somewhere else. Oh, like hide it? Oh, like it could be, yeah, hidden and then retrieved if 
your plan is foiled somehow or you're found out you're like well i never oh i never got rid of your thing i was i just put it in the shed i was go i mean that that's an option i was going with more like not in the lake house like it can go into the closet in our other home <laughs> that you but can go sit in and look at it occasionally <laughs> All right, ladies, thanks for that. That was great. Thank you, Johnny, for submitting that, whoever you really are. And we have some criminal memo we'd love to do with you, too. So stay tuned. Okay. okay. I'm excited for that. Yes. Okay. Welcome back. And sponsor alert. We're so excited. We once again partnered with Hello Adorn. It is a jewelry company. You can often spot Griff and I sporting their pieces. I recently ordered a whole bunch for my wedding. I ordered the hair chain for Sean, my bridesman. Griff has that, too, I know and a bunch of them like dainty pearl necklaces and earrings for my bridal party. I also love the Maeve chain, the Lenny choker. If you look on our Instagrams, we stay wearing Hello Adorn. We love them. And as a reminder, Hello Adorn's jewelry is designed and handmade in the US using high quality materials that are meant to last. And they've recently just launched their Zodiac and Bloom collection. Kira, what is your Zodiac sign? It is a Virgo and I'll be wearing a Virgo and Bloom necklace. And I will be sporting a cancer sign because I am very, very emotionally intelligent and I cry a lot. Shop helloadorn.com slash petty and use code pettycrimes for 10% off your first purchase. That's helloadorn.com slash petty with code pettycrimes. Thank you, helloadorn. It's time for a little criminal or minimal spooky edition. We need some rapid fire decisions on whether the following are criminal or minimal. Okay. Criminal or minimal? Playing Bloody Mary as a kid. And who that's criminal. 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 Great. It's based on Queen Mary. Mary, you're gonna find out if you're gonna do Queen it. <laughs> Fuck around and find out. <laughs> okay, Queen Mary. We'll look into that. Criminal or minimal being a dramatic gasper in horror movies at the movie theater. Criminal. 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 Lock me up. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I was like, Kira, you to totally do that. <laughs> criminal or minimal, insisting that the two people next to you hold hands during scary movies. I'm confused. Mike, hold Are your hands. Hold your oh, hands. Hold and your they're, hands. And they're your okay. friends. <laughs> okay. Minimal. 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 Yeah. Hold my clammy hand. Okay. Get over it. Criminal or minimal, being a skeptic and poking holes in someone's personal ghost story. Criminal. Criminal. Unless they ask, okay, here's my opinion on this. I know we're being quick, but if someone full heartedly believes in their paranormal story, it's not your place to tell them it was not that unless they ask, hey, I really want to believe this wasn't paranormal. Mm. What do you think happened here? Yeah. Sort of. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Criminal or minimal? What about gaslighters. Criminal or minimal? Adults who start talking about Halloween in August. Minimal. Minimal. <laughs> Minimal. I'd bump that up to July. <laughs> it's the start of Halloween. I'd say November 1st we start talking about the next Halloween. <laughs> yeah, as a, a biased jury. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do a few more. Criminal that you asked. Yeah. <laughs> okay, criminal or minimal? Getting six out of ten drunk at a funeral. Minimal. Oh my god. Minimal. <laughs> Expected. Well. You booze bags. Open op open bar. It's a celebration of life. Here. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. Actually, we'll do two more. I'll do 14 to 15. Okay. Criminal or minimal. Manipulating the Ouija board to up the ante. Criminal. Karen, have you done it? 
No, no, but I feel like that's that's part of everyone's journey of, with a Ouija board, right? I feel like everyone has either been victim of someone else doing it or are the perpetrators themselves. So, yeah, criminal, but probably a common crime. And finally, criminal or minimal, Griff's constant jump scares in real life where he pops out and freaks you out. Or even if you're on a hike, he pretends to be a rattlesnake. Minimal. I do that. I jump out. Hey. I love scaring people. Me too. <laughs> Boo. And what say you? It's your passion. Oh, I was gonna say I was gonna say criminal, but I don't wanna I don't wanna Come be on, Corinne. Somebody's making me feel bad. Yeah. Lock him up, yeah. Corinne. I have I have so Corinne and I are going on tour and we're gonna okay, share the tour quickly. Yeah, where you're going to 32 cities. Uh, Toronto is uh, most of them in the U.S. except for one show in Toronto. Um, Plus one. And we are talking about the Conjuring House, which we did an overnight at. We interviewed a bunch of people. We have evidence from our stay. But Corinne and I will be staying in the same hotel room throughout our travels. And I have told her that I might scare her. I've joked with her. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not yeah, especially like coming from anymore. talking about it so, so often. <laughs> You'll be really charged. Yeah, you guys. I need to sleep. <laughs> and Griff, I'm sure Kira feels the same way about like just, just those... get the hike done. Don't. It's just the associated. <laughs> There's enough thing, danger friend. out in the world. Yeah, right. Yes. You knew what you got yourself into. Um, I don't think she did, but <laughs> she now knows. No, what you have been doing for a decade. Yeah, I, right. I've been doing it to my parent. Yeah, I just did it to my roommate the other day. I snuck up behind him when he was at his car, and he. <laughs> Like, had a heart attack. It's not literally. Yeah. <laughs> and he <laughs> passed. He passed away. Mr. Wyatt now. And now he's haunting us. Oh, well, thank yeah. you two for joining us. Uh, both of our thank episodes you. were so fun to do with you two. So and, much fun. Uh, hope you, hopefully, you enjoyed coming into court with us for a little bit. Yeah. this was. I could do this all day. This was very fun. Thank you guys for listening. Absolutely. Stay petty. And yeah. stay spooky. <laughs> <laughs> Perfectly Perfect, stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Hey, I'm Tolly Lickstein. And I'm Jake Cornell. And we're the hosts of a new podcast in the Sick Bird family. Basic Training. Navigating social situations is hard. Not for us, but apparently for everyone else. So we're here to help. Every week, people will call in and tell us about their fights, awkward situations, dating disasters, and ask what we would do to help solve their problems. The best part is we don't always agree. Check out Basic Training wherever you get your podcasts.